to the Back Porch Conjure. I am E5L. Grab a seat, cop a squat, get a chair, pillow. Hell, sit right here on the stoop with me. Get you something warm, something cold to drink, room temperature, water, milk, soda, coffee, tea. Hell, it's three o'clock somewhere. Get your drink on. First off, you still have time to get your tickets. For the Detroit Hoodoo Fest. You still got time. You still got time. So don't let it pass by. You don't want to miss this epic, <laughs> epic, epic event over in Detroit. And if you can't fly out and you can't make it, then you know you can watch it on Zoom. Still can get your ticket. So there's no excuse. It should be a sold-out show. And you get to see me live, up close and in person. But there's all other people, too, and vendors. And man, it's going to be, it's going to be busy. And you know what? Shout out to Yvette the Motown Witch. She started it three years ago, right? And it, it was amazing, the first one. And she continued on. And 
Yo, shout out to her. Shout out. Stepping out of your comfort zone and taking that leap. Trial and error. Just doing it. Just doing it. I mean, you know, people may not automatically sign on to your vision and it's going to scare you. Um, you doing things that's like, yo, I'm not even used to doing this. Like this kind of in a dick, you know, bringing people in different personalities, people believe in different things and you got to make sure you cover all bases. Like, yo, that's a lot of work. It is. So shout out to her for not giving up, for continuing every year, bringing new people. You know what I'm saying? Yo, respect. And for her to continue, because you have a lot of people that will start these, you know, hoodoo fests and spiritual things. And because they don't want to, you know, hurt someone's feelings or, you know, people will give them a bad review, they fold it up and don't do it no more. And it's sad because so many people miss out, you know. Like, okay, I can't go this year, but I'm going to go next year. I got my money saved. And then, you know, the event person or the planner, they get a bad review or somebody will say something. Or they'll be like, oh, why you didn't tell me to come? You know, and or they'll, you know, overhear something and they'll quit. And I'm like, yo, shout out to her. Keep her in prayer. Keep her protected. All of that. Because three years, she's going. You know, and that's great. So we need to keep things like this going and, you know, give other people a chance to be on there and to show their work. And so people can be up close and personal and see how all of this transpires and, you know, get them excited to follow a spiritual base or a spiritual practice and to get to meet people up close and personal it's so amazing. Listen, when I met Dick Gregory, now, Ebae, because he passed away, um, my pops would always talk about him. And he was like, yo, you know, whenever you meet him, he's authentic. He's, he's real. My father passed away. And a sister friend, Jay, was like, hey, you know, Dick Gregory is coming. Would you like to go and see him? What? And it just like fell in my lap. And I got a chance to go. The Third time I went to go see this man, they didn't have no seats, nowhere. Like, it was packed, standing room only. So they started putting, asking people, do they want to sit behind him on stage? I was like, hell yeah. So I'm sitting there, and, you know, he's talking. He's you know, And I loved it because he made sure the whole audience got a chance to feel him, understand him. Like he was turning around to us and turning to the people and all of that. And after everything was over, the sister was talking to him. So I walked up, you know, waiting to take a picture. And she said, I was waiting on you to speak as well, you know, because you were sitting up there. I'm talking about I was sitting right behind this brother. And he turned around and he said, sis, in time. At that moment, y'all, I wasn't thinking about none of that. 
to get up on a stage and talk, that was nowhere in my plan. I wanted to get initiated. I wanted to, you know, go and visit different places. But I wasn't thinking about teaching or talking to people at all. That was way far left. That wasn't even on the Richter scale. It wasn't. I wasn't even thinking in that area. But the universe has a sense of humor. The same way I would sit and talk about Vegas. Like, ah, losers go to Vegas. I would never go to Vegas. I'm not going to Vegas. And I, it wasn't on my it wasn't on my to-do list. It wasn't on my bucket list. Like, no time did I... I love the Raiders. But I no time I went to go to Vegas. It wasn't something, you know, that I wanted to see. It wasn't on the plan. The universe has a funny <laughs> sense of humor showing you. I went to Vegas. It was a lot of places that were not on my agenda, right? It was a lot of things that wasn't on my agenda. And majority of those things not scared me, but it was like, yo, I don't know how to do it. And I don't want to, you know, fail. So nah. And I just, you know, left it alone. All those things that I once feared, I had to face. I did. Excuse me, I had to face. I feared getting a divorce. I had to face that shit. I got divorced twice. <laughs> so, yeah. I feared going to jail. Went to jail twice. I feared um, standing out in front of people. I feared showing myself to people. You know, just talking and being in a conversation. See, I was the type back in the day that I would rather be in the background. I wasn't up in the front. I was in the background. I was the one that would clean the bathroom, clean the kitchen, help you clean the food. You know, I give my opinion, but that was it. And I played the background. I didn't think I was pretty enough. I'm being honest. I didn't think that I was worthy enough. I didn't think I was educated enough because where I came from, right? I'm, I'm just telling you where I came from, Duskin girls were treated like the the maid in the background. If you saw a a dark skin girl, the first thing that would come out of people's mouth is, "Oh, you pretty to be dark skin." Damn, bitch. You know, but that would be in my head, but I would never say anything and I'd be it needs to be older people, you know, or I remember sitting on the step. I was young, right? I didn't have kids. I, I was hanging out, but I was young. And my mother was jet black. They used to call her black. And I remember a girl say, you know, if you were light-skinned, you would be so pretty with all that long hair. My mother turned and said, what? <laughs> now, mind you, my hair was past my ass. It was only two of us over in Queens, Tawana Gamble and me, that had hair. Now, Tawana's hair, she was dark-skinned, but her hair was sandy brown. I was dark-skinned, and my hair was black. It didn't turn brown until I was flipping in the house, doing cartwheels with my brother, and my head hit the radiator, and I had to get stitches. And they had put peroxide on it, you know, to make sure it stayed clean. My mother was like, yo, don't cut her hair. Like, my mother did not play about my hair. And he was like, the doctor was like, no, 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 we're going to cut just a little bit, just a little bit. And he was like, you know, keep it clean around the area with peroxide. Well, 
you know, peroxide is liquid. It goes through your hair. You put a little bit, you dab it with the cotton ball and stuff. And one summer, I was outside playing and my hair was turning red. My mother was like, oh my God, that's that peroxide. And it just stayed that way. So you'll see, like in the summer when I, especially when I had locks, I would dye it black, you know? Um, but Tawana was born with her hair like a rust, sandy. And it was crazy because I was born with black hair, which is really odd, right? As my mother and them told me. So I'm like sitting there looking at this lady and my mother just went off. Like she went off and then, you know, we were sitting in the house and she said, I don't give a fuck what color someone is. You love your color. You love your hair, your your color, your your face, everything about you. She said, first of all, I don't make no ugly kids. So she embedded in that. And then what she did, which I didn't really get a grasp of it until I got old. My mother put mirrors all around the house, but where every child can see themselves. Like most people put mirrors high up. My mother didn't. She put it all around where they could see themselves. And... So you will know that you were born beautiful. You were born divine. You were divinely created. You were not born in sin. You were divinely created. So as we got older, I had friends that would, you know, um, I, I never worried about who's light skin, who's dark skin. That never bothered me. But it was like, I don't want to be in the crowd. Like I don't, I don't need to be seen. So I would, I would play the back, you know. I mean, I talked to dudes. I got married, you know. But I wasn't the one to be out in the front. Don't put me in front. I don't need to be in front. I'm, I'm good at doing all the back work. I, I'm okay with that. And I remember when Angel was like, "Get up there, dude," and I was like, "No." He was like, "Girl, get your ass up there." And it was this spiritual person that was talking, and he was like, "You know more than that." You, no, stop playing the background. Always children of Yamaya. But, you know, and it was scary to step out in front. Then I started challenging myself where I made a list of the things I wanted to do. I said, yo, I want to do spoken word. He was like, do it. He said, when the, when the opportunity arrives, go for it. Well, I was out in Staten Island. I was staying out there with my niece. And this place was holding, you know, a place where people come from all over and do spoken word. I didn't know that they were, they had changed the date, but we had came anyway because we were so open. And the girl was like, oh, we didn't have no one. She said, but, so I was telling her, I was like, yo, it's on my bucket list. She said, well, then let's get up there. She went and got the staff, my nieces and all of them there. And I did it. I did it. I conquered my fear and all of them. And I was grateful. All of them were saying the same thing. If auntie can do it, so can we. And they all went out and started doing and challenging themselves. All of them. Every single one of them. So, and I'm grateful for that. Because it is a scary thing to step out. It is a scary thing to follow, you know, your destiny. Especially if you've definitely didn't see no one in your area or in your family do it. 
Now, my father, he played, he sang, you know, he played all over the world. He was the only one that did that. So it is a scary thing when you are changing the whole narrative about things. But you'll be amazed on who's watching. And majority of times, it's those people that always say they, that you can't. No, you can't do it. I can do whatever. And, you know, and when you do it, you're not going to get so many people rooting you on. You'll get strangers. You won't get your loved ones in your day ones. No. And it's sad. It's sad that we have that mentality to be like, oh, you know, you can't do it. You can't do it. And then you have to also be careful of people that will abuse your presence. And when I say, let's just say you are saying, you know, today I am going to do you have your goals, right? You have your goals. You have your your list of things that you're going to do today. You have to be careful of people coming in, taking that time away. Now, most people, which I've learned, and I learned this through my children. Oh, my God, it's an emergency, Ma. You got to answer the phone. And I could be doing a podcast. I could be doing, you know, writing a book. I could be doing all kinds of things. And they were like, Ma, I got it. Oh, my God, it's an emergency. So now I have to pause, stop, and call them and say, okay, what's the matter? I can, you know what? On my job, they was just gossiping. That's not a fucking emergency. So I learned how to send it to voicemail. Real talk. They get mad, but guess what? Now they know. Um, your family will. And if they don't respect your time, they're not going to respect you. And this is the lesson I learned. And I know y'all heard me talk about this. I was doing a Misa, and I told everyone the Misa was at 6 o'clock. So that means 5.45, you should be work, walking in the door. Because at 6 o'clock, the door is closed. Prayers are started. And, you know, everyone that's there is meant to be there. Well, I told everybody, you know, everybody. These girls were, when I told them, they was like, oh, my God, what can we wear? White. Right? Because that's what I was taught. Now that I know different. But, you know, as long as it's not black, be comfortable. But, I, I you know, back then, I was like, okay, you know, wear white. They were on the avenue getting their hair laid, their face beat, their nails done. And when they came back, they was like, yeah, girl, we got to get some white sneakers. I said, y'all could have just used what was in your house. Why are y'all getting your hair done and all that? This ain't a drumming or nothing, mama. It's just people sitting around. It's a Misa. Like, we're not, it's not a fashion show. No, 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 because I got to look good. The only ones that's coming, really, the invited guests is the dead. So it don't have nothing to do with you. So 545, people were there. Some people were there like at 430, for real. They was like, yo, we going to go get something to eat, but we right here in the facility. I'm not missing this. So respect for them. So I had maybe about a good 12 people in there already, right? Now these four or five, 7.45, they was knocking at the door. So I was ready to get it, and Angel said no. And I'm talking about they was banging, they was standing outside. Why you open the fucking door? Oh, that's fucked up. Like, going off. Angel was like, sit there. And we continue, right? While they was banging and screaming outside. Continue. Oh, fuck this. That's why we don't want to come to your shit. Like, going off. 
So, and I did. I got a little distracted, you know, and I felt kind of hurt. But he was like, nope, mm -mm, continue, right? He was like, y'all don't pay attention to what's out there. What's, what matters now is here. We're focusing on all the people that came here on time here to get the message. After everything was over, he said, let me tell you something. If you don't hold people accountable and have them respect your time, they will never respect you, your belief, none of that. And I took that shit to heart. The next day they came up there. Oh my God, why you didn't open the door? I said, what time did I tell you it started? Six o'clock. How the fuck you come here at seven something? Oh, but no, no, no. The next time we had a Misa, they were, they were the first ones there. Real talk. The other day I was, you know, I had my day planned. And my sister-in-law called me. And I was like, okay, you know. Um, and she asked me, she said, are you, you know, you're free. Now, I love people when they ask that. Okay. So then this is where you have to put your foot down and show people that, uh, hi, right? Because you have to, hi. She said, are you free? I said, okay. She told me what was going on. And then she got a call. And she said, oh, I'm going to call you back. Not a text to say, hey, you know, um, I haven't forgotten, you know, because I love communication. I haven't forgotten or whatever. Two hours later, right? Damn near two hours later, she called. Do you think I'm supposed to sit around and wait? <laughs> and wait. And it's not being petty. But, and wait, like, you're going to put me on hold for two hours? I know you're lying. I wouldn't even do that to nobody. I really would not. I would not do that to anyone. But you have some people that think, oh, well, if I said, if I asked her if she was available, I was available for that moment. Don't mean that I'm going to sit around and wait for you all day. No, love. We have lives. So, after I did everything I was supposed to do. I texted her back and said, hey, are you still available? She was like, she didn't even answer. So I called, right? I called. And she was like, oh, yeah, you know, because I was talking to someone else and I was doing. So you continued on with your life and continued on with everything. But I'm supposed to sit and wait on hold for you. Wow. Make it make sense. I was sitting there like. My brother did that to me one time, right? He, he was like, I'm going to call you right back. He learned his lesson. And when he tried, he, my brother didn't call me until the next day. And guess what? I sent it right to voicemail. I don't know what the fuck right back mean to you, but it, to me, it don't mean 24 hours later. Like, no, not a text or nothing. People will manipulate your time. Like, or, or not respect what you have going on. So when she did talk to me, she was like, oh, I got another call. I'll call you later. I said, no, 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 baby. I'm busy. I said, you know, I, I'm not even going to hold you up. I'm busy. And she was like, oh, I said, no, I, I have a few things I have to um, do. And she was like, oh, you know, the celebrity. No, that's not a celebrity. I'm letting you know. You asked me the first time, was I available? I made time for you. But you, you went over that. And thinking like there's no communication. And that I can't stand. Oh, I can't stand it. But I don't be petty. 
And because, you know, most I know what y'all may say. Oh, that's why you didn't answer. No, my time is valuable. I don't know how y'all see y'all time, but my time is valuable. So yesterday, uh, you know, when you when you allow people to do and you said, well, I'm going to make space, but these are the things I have to do. I have to teach my grandson. I love you. But. My time is valuable. And I had to teach my daughter. I'm like, y'all know I'm going to Detroit. So there's things I have to do and prepare for. So you do this so we can get it out the way. Every time. Oh, my. I got No, no, no. Come on. Come on. Come on. Like, I have to be the taskmaster and be like, no, because I'm on schedule. No. I am. I'm not a neat freak. But I don't like, like, mess all over. And the one thing I don't like is bugs. Oh, I don't. I don't like bugs. So, I have my grandbaby. He's 10 months. I have my granddaughter. She's 7. I have my grandson. He's 15. And I got my daughter. She's an adult. And my little granddaughter. All right? She's 6. Excuse me. I believe you should eat at the table. I don't believe you should eat nowhere in the house. That's why you have a table, right? I have a table. I have chairs. So they're eating in there. But the baby is like pulling out everything. And then they're feeding him. And he's dropping stuff. And I'm sitting here looking. And I'm going through it. Like no one is cleaning this up. So after they finish everything. After they finish. After she did my hair. They finished everything. I was kicking them all out one by one. Bow. Six year old. Okay. Go ahead. Home. Go ahead. Go ahead. Seven year old. Oh, I'm staying with Auntie. No, mm mm, mm Going home, going home. So, my grandson, he's standing there holding my little grandson, and he's like, So, what? No, take him, bottle, pamper, wipes, go home, see you later. So, my daughter comes, and she's like, No, he can stay. No, I know you're lying. So, he's saying, So, my daughter's standing there, she's in the kitchen eating, and I'm in here cleaning up, vacuuming. So, one of my grandkids called me. And was, and was like, um, Grandma, what are you doing? I said, uh, I am vacuuming. She said, what's that noise? I said, vacuuming. I said, I'm cleaning up. So I hang up on her. I said, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hang up on her. And um, my daughter's like, oh, my God. I said, I w- I've lost my mind sitting in here. Man, I was vacuuming. I was wiping down. I'm cleaning dishes. I'm wiping tables. I'm sweeping floors. I'm mopping floors. What? My daughter's like, let me leave because this looks like you're trying to kick me out. Uh, I'm not trying. Bye. Like, I know you lying. I was, I was shocked. Right? Because people will... People will, you have to teach people how to respect your time. Those people that have no respect to time. A 15-year-old don't have no respect to time. My grandson, he don't have no respect to time. Or your time or anybody else's time. But when he want to do something, and I told him yesterday, I said, get the baby while I was to get my hair done. I said, get the baby. And he's so in, in love right now with his little girlfriend. Right? And I'm looking at him like, you can't even chew bubblegum and walk? And he was like, yeah, I can't. My daughter was like, no, what she's saying is you can't do two things at once. So I'm like, you see the baby walking, you know, crawling. You see the outlet, right? 
My house don't need to be baby proofed. I don't have babies in my house. They live next door in their house. So if you see him walking to something, you're so busy on that. I said, I will t take that damn uh, phone thing and throw it out the window. I'm not playing. I said, you're going to learn how to chew bubble gum and walk. And he still, I don't get it. My daughter was like, that means you can't do two things at one time. You can't watch this baby. And I said, but you're 15. I don't hold it against you. I said, I'm, I'm dead serious. But hold him. Hold him right now. So my daughter, because she smokes. She smokes her cigarettes. She's like, Ma, I'm going to take a smoke. I said, when you come back up here, wash your hands. But come on, we on, we on the time frame. Oh, my God, you're the taskmaster. No, because see, when all of them want something, they want it right then and there. And if you can't respect my time, don't ever think I'm going to respect yours. This is a mutual thing. We we pour into each other. We can't do that, you know. She was like, lady, oh, my God. And then she started because, guess what? The same way you want me to do things for you in a timely manner, I expect the same. But you have some people that don't understand that. And it's normally your good, good friends or your family. And when you look at them and their stuff, the ones that do it, because it's not everybody. Don't get it twisted. But the ones that do it, they don't even respect their time. They're always late. I have a god sister that's always late. Always late. If you tell her to be there at 4, in her head, it means 8 o'clock. If you tell her to be somewhere at 12, in her head, it means 5. Like, for real. And she'll tell you. Like, it's a, a joke. Oh, girl, I'm never on time. Ah. Oh. You know... And the reason why I respect people's time is one, because of the Misa that happened. And two, I was, man, I was breaking my neck to get to my godfather, right? Angel, I never forget. And he was like, you know, we have to, because he's a strickler for being on time, right? And he a Taurus too. So, um, he stood out in the train for 30 minutes because I was coming from Far Rockaway, but that was an excuse because this was planned uh, like a week before. So I'm sitting there, I'm waiting on, matter of fact, no, it wasn't even Far Rockaway, it was coming from Cambridge Heights. And the bus wasn't running, like it was a crash, like it was all these obstacles. But I finally got there and he was like, if you're not here in the next five minutes, I'm leaving. And I got there, I was breaking my neck, I was sweating, I was in pain, I was aggravated. Because in my head, right, it wasn't all these things that happened, but it wasn't my fault. That's all I kept on saying. But in reality, it was. And no one wants to hear the truth, but in reality, it was. Because I, this was planned a week ahead. And I should have made sure, confirmed, I should have... Say you know, got money, got in a cab. But I didn't. I was spending reckless. Like, everything led up to me being irresponsible. Real talk. And I wasn't mad when he was correcting me. Because, you know, we you have all those people. And I was one of those people. Like, man, I made it. Like, be happy I'm here. I wasn't late. You know, or or I blame something else instead of holding myself accountable. So, 
I never forget, man. He was so pissed. Like he was. And then he just turned around and we had this big conversation. And I had to sit there and think about it while I was on the train. Like sit there and I was like, yo. And he said, and, you know, get yourself together because we were going to do something. Now, this is the domino effect. When you are late, you're also, it's not just about you. It's like throwing a rock in the water and the ripple effect. It's not about you. We were going to meet someone so I can get a ceremony done. And they was waiting. They have a time frame. They have things to do. Now, they had to be held up for them for their next appointment. And then the person that was driving was like, yo, I can't wait. So now we had to have a we had to find another means of getting to where we needed to get to. Cause the person that was gonna drive us, he was like, yo, they late. That's on them. They knew about this and he left. So it was a domino effect. The same way when me and my god sister, you know, my godfather was like, yo, you know, I'm shocked at you because you're not late. And I'm sitting there. Even when my goddaughter, when she got her beads, my godmother left. And I was like, because huh? this was my first time doing it. And she was like, yo, the next time be on time. Like, I don't even need to be here. And I'm like, wow. You know, and I got chastised that whole day. And But I deserved it because I allowed someone else. My son was in his, in his moment, in his bag. And my goddaughter, she was nervous. So from him, you know, you got some people that's petty. Oh, well, so I'm going to drive and take my time. We coming from Far Rockaway to the Bronx. Are you serious? Like, you know, so uh, uh, a real quick ride wound up taking like close to two to three hours. And I'm like, wow. So it, but I should have. I, I can't get mad, you know, but. Now, oh, respect my time. I confirm, I talk, and I let people know. Like, because I'm not, I'm not doing that to you. So I'm going to let you know because maybe you don't know, right? Some people don't. Some people think that, you know, oh, well, I'm so used to doing it that it becomes a norm. And when they start doing it right, or, you know, when they do it right that one time, then they'll look at you and be like, oh, but I, I'm always, you know, I'm always late. Nobody will never say nothing. That's the problem. Because the people that don't, that you're late around, they're always late. So why are they going to do it? Well, I'm not. No. If you, if my godfather was to call me and say, I need you here at 12 in the afternoon, I'm leaving my house at 8. I'm telling you. Especially when I was in Far Rockaway, I leave at like 7 o'clock in the morning. Why? Because the trains mess up. I know I'm going to stop at Starbucks and get me something to drink. I'm not even lying. And, you know, I got to get my head mentally there. So usually while I'm traveling, even when I go and fly on planes, I don't like to argue. I don't like to go through the hustle and bustle. I leave in an appropriate manner of time so I can take my time, get where I need to go and do what I need to do and walk around, see what my flight is, all of that. So, yeah, I'm that person. I, I'm not going to um, sit there and be like, oh. I'm just going to be late. No, because some people we were planning to be late. I know people, my brother was like that. Oh, they can wait on me. No, they can't. It's it, They can wait. And we'll come three, four hours later. Oh, that's horrible. What about those people that sacrificed to be there on time? What about those people that, you know, they, they came to show their presence, they waiting on you, and they have another event? I know people that be like, yo, 
I'm out. I'm out. What we not going to do is this. And you do. You do. You know, and it's sad. It's sad. It is sad. Uh, you know, that wasn't the topic, but it is sad. But you, you really have to um, check people and, and let them know your time and your presence is valuable. The same way you making amends and adjustments and sacrifices and all of that. I mean, shit, what if you have to be somewhere and you got to leave your bed at 5 a.m.? I'm making these sacrifices. I want to stay in my bed, too. And I'm coming and the event started at 8 or 9 and here you are walking in here at 1 o'clock. Expecting for everybody to wait on you. No, no. You Jesus? <laughs> no. Uh-uh. That's the only one that you may not come when you want him, but he's an on-time guard. Okay. Well, you ain't that. So uh, have your ass here at the appropriate time. The same way. When people kill me, right? Because you'll say, hey, I'm teaching a class to be here at 10 o'clock. Or the class starts at 10. I always give people a week and a half to prepare. And I confirm. Yeah, 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 I'm there. And right when it, oh, you know, I'm running late. But these are the same people that be like, oh, I was here at the club when it first started. Their priorities. Also, you, you have to understand people's priorities is different. Some people just, they just want to be seen. They don't really want to do work. They want to be seen. They like to be in a conversation to where, and when I see this, oh, it hurts. They like to be in a conversation just to say, oh, I know spiritual people and I'm spiritual. Until something really spiritual happens and they jump chip. Let me give you a story. Oh, man, this was so funny. It was about this dude named Antonio. He came into the Jamaican religious. He was working in the Botanica. And he was saying he was spiritual, right? He knew all these spiritual people and stuff. Like, he was this. So they had a Misa and the girl got mounted. That motherfucker ran. He ran the fuck up out of there. Antonio ran. He was going. I didn't know what to do because it was my first time ever attending a Misa. So I didn't know what to do. And Angel was in the room reading people. So I didn't know, you know. So I'm like, okay, I, she fell, but I picked her up and stuff. I didn't know if you were supposed to touch him or whatever. I didn't. He told me he had years of being spiritual. He told me he ran me size. He told me he's seen stuff and all that. So I'm following him, right? So I'm like, okay, you the leader, you know what I'm saying, on how this is. I don't know the, the terminology or anything, so I'm going to follow you. So when this girl got mounted, that motherfucker grabbed his bag and got the hell out of Dodge. I said, what the fuck? For real? Man, and when I tell you he talked a good game, oh, yeah, I've been spiritual. I know how to do this. I can do this. That was my first and my last time of sitting there believing or listening to people. Don't tell me what you can do. Show me. I'm from the show me state. I don't give a fuck what you say. For real. But Antonio had me die after everything was over. I bust out laughing because that nigga, he got the hell out of Dodge. Another person. I was going to a drumming. And this dude was like, yeah, I've been around spiritual people, all of that. So me and my son was sitting there, man. That dude ran home and got under his bed. I was like, what? My gossip, she did that. She was like, yeah, you know, I'll be watching on YouTube and all the spiritual stuff. And when that stuff happened, man, she was like, here we go. I'm so scared. Another thing. For real. 
So you you have all these people that will tell you, oh, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. Until some real stuff happens. Man, when they tell you, you sit by the beach long enough, you'll watch your truth and everything else flow by. That shit ain't no joke. I've seen firsthand. I've seen. And all I could do was just shake my head and be like, wow. I had um, godchildren that would tell me, you know, we're from the South, right? I watched my mother pluck chickens. I watched my mother, you know, kill a rabbit and fry it, hang it out, gut it. I seen her do it. I didn't do it. I'm not going to lie and tell people I do it, right? That's the one thing. I'm not. But I seen my mother do it. I seen my brother sit there and, you know, do some stuff. Not me. Now, I'm not a stranger to it. You show me what to do, I do it, right? So while I was, you know, on my spiritual journey, my godmother, then she said, you know, y'all got to pluck these chickens. Okay, show me what to do. Tanya showed me. She said, look, here, sit by me. She dipped it in hot water and she was just plucking. And she, you know, she made it so easy that... If I'm somewhere working and they want someone, I, I'm quick. I'll grab all the buckets here. Give it, give me the buckets. Who's boiling the water? Okay, Val. Sometimes, you know, you got people that don't have enough hot water, so you got to pluck those shits raw. Okay. But you got to clean the toenails and all of that. So I'm sitting there plucking. Like, yo, you, you need help? Okay. I, I don't mind plucking. I don't. It doesn't bother me. Right? So... I had God's children. They was like, yeah, we pluck. Oh, my God. That's nothing. That's nothing. I can do that. But when it came down, uh, all timid, and I'm like, don't tell people that. And at one time, I got, I used to get mad at people that would sit there and, and do the most and lie. And I'm like, now I just, because show me what you can do, not what you can say. I, people say all kinds of things all the fucking time. Show me. Show me. Right? Same way. I know readers. Oh, my God. I've been reading for years. I'm so spiritual. Okay. That, that's all I say now. Okay. And then when it comes to an event or something like that, and you be like, okay, you know, read. I, I, I met the sister in New Orleans, real tall. She was like, yeah, I've been reading. You know, my family's a reader. And I was sitting here, and she was like, um, I didn't let her read me, but she was sitting there and she was like, come here. I said, what? She said, what this card mean? I said, oh, shit. I said, mom. She was like, no, what this card mean? What what this one mean too? I said, I thought you read from the book. <laughs> oh, God. I said, look, learn, 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 learn. Follow your spirits. Listen. But it's so scary because you have these people in front of you, right? And I learned this from Rach. Rachel was the first one to introduce me to tarot cards. Man, my kids were little. Rachel's from Columbia. You know, not that that's anything, but Rachel is. Rachel's the people that's real, the people that's authentic, they don't they don't have a big following. But they know they shit. And Rach would sit there and like walk me through so much and she used to always say perfect it don't don't listen to everybody else do what you gotta do and if it doesn't you know if it doesn't make sense to you it's not for you it's not your message 
But you got to have faith. That's the one thing. You got to faith. You got to believe in what it is you're doing. You got to know beyond a doubt, right? And the one thing she was like, yo, you have people in front of you. They're looking for answers. Don't lie to them and don't make something up and don't sugarcoat shit. So if you ever get a reading from me, I'm going to tell you that. I don't know how to make things up and I definitely don't have no salt and sugar on my tongue. But with that being said, I'm not disrespectful. Because you came to find me, I ain't find you. Right? Um, but people would sit there. Like, I, I remember when I was in Atlanta, and they had this room full of readers and stuff. And I was just sitting there. Regular clothes on. I ain't have nothing spiritual. Dark shikis and all that shit. And they were... People knew the history of oh, the tarot card was created and this person was the first one and this and this. They knew the mechanics. And that's great. You should. You should know the history and stuff, right? And when it came down to them pulling cards and it was like, what does this card mean? What would this represent? And they reverse it. And it was like, no, no, no. Um, I don't know the meaning, but I know when this card was created and the colors and the paints that they use. And I'm like, okay. Right now, when they were needing that cash, oh, this spirit say this card means. And he'll be sitting there like, okay, wow. And I remember when the lady walked up to me and she said, I guess you don't know. And it was the wands. And I said, um, it means news is coming. I said, news is coming. That card right there. Like, there's some news coming. And she was like, mm, looking intrigued. And she was like, so she pulled some more. So I told her, I said, the first one was free, ma. I said, I'm not them. I'm not them. Back then, I had maybe about 16 years under my belt. I said, I'm not them. They, they knew. And the girl's like, well, how long you been reading? I said, 16 years. And she was like, oh, but why you don't, you know, dress like them? Because you don't look like a reader. I said, spirit need actors? Like, I'm supposed to fit in with them? Why? I said, why would you judge somebody or go to somebody just because they look a certain way? That made no sense whatsoever. She was like, well, how much are your readings? And back then, mine was like $15, <laughs> right? 16 years ago, it was like $15. And she was, well, I was 16 years in. And she was like, oh, okay, here. So she pulled out, you know, pulled out the cards and I read her. And she was like, um, do you want to come back? And I was like, no, nah, I'm good. And the reason why I declined it, because the energy was off, right? They were looking for actors. They weren't looking for true readers. Then it was, they had to control what you say, you know, and that's not me. And then a lot of people, even now they started this, right? Because they was doing it back then, but even now it's more. Where you have to sign a contract. And you only, like, say if I come to Atlanta, because I want you to understand this. Say if I come to Atlanta and I'm reading at a shop. They want you to sign a paper where you can't go nowhere else in Atlanta. You only can go to them. Nah, ain't no way in hell. No. Now you own me. And no one owns me. No one. No. But they, this is the new thing now that they're doing. Oh, if you want to come and read in my shop, you have to sign a, a, a form where you can't. No, you crazy. I go anywhere. Like, nah, we're not doing that. 
that we're not doing. And you have a lot of store owners and a lot of people are doing it. And the sad part is that contract still reigns, right? You got petty people where if I don't speak to you or I don't want to come back to your shop for whatever reason, now you can't go nowhere else in Atlanta to read because they can sue you. Now, unless your pockets run thick and you want to go through all the courts and everything, then go ahead. Me? No, I'm going to stop it before it starts. No, baby. If me coming to your shop to read and I have to be on a contract, then I'm not coming. You ask me. I ask you. So, no, that's okay. And they feel like now they own you. You are a part of them. Oh, I can make you rich. I can make myself rich. Oh, I can give you exposure. I can give myself exposure. Oh, I can introduce you. I don't need to. Anybody that know you that's dealing with this fucking slave shit where you trying to own a reader, go ahead. Because a lot of people been doing that. And now these people now are solo and they had to reinvent themselves. They had to change their name. Nah, I'm not doing all that. I'm not doing all that. You didn't give me none of this. So no, but that is the new trend now. So I'm telling y'all on a side note, be mindful. Just because they're promising you a fucking lollipop and some goddamn Skittles, you eat too much of it, your stomach gonna hurt. You're gonna get sick. Uh-uh. I like a meal. And I'm not sitting here. You didn't give me this gift. You're not gonna control me. Like, no. And you have these people now. That's like the new thing. And when they tried to do that to us, you know, this was a while back. And... Candelo and all of us, and i never forget the guy was like, you know, y'all got to sign a contract. And Candelo was like, you signed? I said, hell no, I ain't signing no goddamn contract. And there was another chick in Georgia. She was trying to do that. She was like, well, y'all can only read it. If you read here, y'all can only do it under contract. Well, I guess I won't be reading that your shit. And guess what? I never did. And all of them that did fell out with her. They don't even speak to her. They don't even, they don't even talk to her. I was like, yo, I, no. I'm not doing that. That's not going to happen. You know, and people still, hey, if I, you want to read at my shop or come and do uh, an event? Well, what's your price range of, you know, you booking me? And then it was, oh, but if you do, you got to sign. Never mind. Don't even finish that sentence. My, I'm good. I'm good. No, no, thank you. For real. I know people that they have a, a show. Like, you know, they have their shows together and, you know, in order for you to get on their show, you can't be on nobody else's. Uh, bye. I got my own. That's okay. I may not have the biggest following that you have, but I'm happy with the people. If I got three fucking followers. I'm good. I'm good. I, I don't need millions. I'm good. Cause you don't know those three people may reach millions of other people. So I'm good with that. And I learned that lesson when I worked in Jamaica religious. My godfather said, um, you believe in quantity or quality? And I was like, wow. He said, you helped that one person and they're going to tell many more. He said, or oh, you help all these people, or oh, you read all these people and you're not helping anybody. Oh, you got the numbers, but you're not really helping no one. And I was like, yo, I made that decision. I'd rather help that one. Out of that one comes many. And it was this lady that I told her she was going to go through a life-changing event. And she did. She was a teacher. And she wound up going, moving to Jamaica to become a doctor. 
And so many people from Jamaica was hitting me up, like, for readings and stuff. And I'm like, okay, where the fuck? Like, is my name over in the bathroom over in Jamaica or something on the wall? And they told me about this woman that um, had um, spoke about me. And when they sent me a picture of her, I said, oh, my God, she still live here. She really, and when I saw her, she was like, yo, she was a uh, principal at a school. And she was older. She was in her 50s. And she could not believe that her being a doctor would make any sense. And she's old. And, you know, her daughter isn't going into college. And no. And I said, okay, I just saw the vision. I don't know. You know, take it up how you want to. When I saw this lady again, she was a doctor. Or she was going to medical school. Put it like that. On her way to be a doctor. So I call those things as I see them. But, yeah. So... You're never too old. Same way as Martha Stewart. Um, look at her, 81 years old on the cover of Sports Illustrator, the oldest Sports Illustrator model in history, 81. And she looks damn good. Damn good. So you're never too old. But anyway, your time, people's priorities. Make sure all of it line up. Do not allow someone to hold you in a contract. That's not what this is about. You are a healer. You are a spiritual person. You you help people. I don't care if you answer phones, whatever it is. Do not allow nobody to bind you. You're, you're oh, free. No, I was born free. I was born divine. Like, no, no, who are you? And people are, and they dress it up to try to play on, well, I can make you popular. And I'm already popular. I can make you famous. I'm already famous in my mind. I'm good. I'm good. I, I I don't need your help. I'm good. But that also lets you know that you're on the road of greatness. If someone want to lock you in because they want to stop you from doing and they want to capitalize off your gift, don't sign up for it. Do not sell your soul for some pennies because you'll make more and do more. That's why I love Master P. He was like, yo, they was trying to get me and get me and get me. He said, and if they was going to offer me $4 million, imagine what I'm really worth. He said, because all they wanted to do was lock me in for $4 million. No. And I can understand what y'all said. $4 million, I do it. Yeah, but the course, the money might seem great for that moment. But then you got to think about, I got $4 million, how much are you really walking away with? Because now you got to get an accountant. You got to get a team. You got to get a lawyer. You got to pay now for all your stuff. You're traveling and all that because they didn't get you the bag. They're not responsible for all that no more. Now that's up to you. So I guarantee you by the time. You finish all of that and paying all these people, design sets, the, the designer, the clothes, all of that. You're going to walk away with anything less than $500 to $5,000. That's it out of $4 million. Think about it. See, that's why I put up that post all the time. A person with a $100 mentality can have a million dollars and they're going to buy $100 worth of shit. So they're going to think that it's, it's oh, $4 million to do a reader and work for somebody? I can do that. No, because you're not going to get anything. You're not going to make anything out of this. You're going to be a slave, and they're going to own you. They didn't give you this gift. So how dare they try to monopolize or monetize off of your shit? No. Be mindful, y'all, because it is real out there. People see your greatness. The sad part is you don't see it. And people will get you in a bag. Listen. They will get you and you will be sitting there crying, trying to break out. You don't want to be like TLC or no. Broke, but you making all of this. Yeah, you making them rich. You ain't getting rich at all. 
Buying you trinkets. No, you know how many people, if I, you know, I can, I can promote you and dangling little things. Oh, you know, I can, I can get you. Nigga, I don't drive. They took that away. So you dangling the car in front of me is a waste of time. <laughs> I, I don't need it. Oh, but you know, I can, your, your bank account will be fat. It could be fat on the diet, fucking on Slim Skim, all of that. It's mine. It's mine. Oh, cause it's made of gold. It's still a fucking cage. And I'm not trying to be in one. I'm telling y'all, a lot of these people that's on here, they are stuck in a fucking contract and in a bag that you see them blowing up and they are miserable as fuck because they signed their fucking life away. Don't let a few dollars take you out because I'm up. Oh my God, I'm this until they get that fucking bill. And that bill is paid in blood. You don't want that. You don't want that. Entrepreneurs, you working for yourself, you building. It, the object is not to wear. You know, I used to want to wear other people's stuff. Fuck that. I wear all my stuff. I got hoodies, shirts, all of that. I promote me flip-flops, a bag. Now I got a suitcase cover. Like, nah, I am the brand. I'm my own brand. That's okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm my own brand. I built it. I I got two more years before I say, okay, it's been good. i enjoyed everything about it and now it's no more i don't need to leave it with nobody or nothing because no one's going to take care of it like i did but no i enjoyed it i enjoyed the ride i don't have no regrets i don't feel bad about nothing i enjoyed it and i'm grateful for it no i'm not dead but this is the time where i want to enjoy my life i've been helping people and doing things for some years my love i ain't new on the block i might be new to you but I'm not new on this block. And it's time. See, I know how to take my chips and cash out. I, I, I don't need to look back. The same way so many people be like, oh, how you can um, leave social media? Easy. I don't need to be in there all day. I got shit to do. Oh, but, you know, no. I, I, I sign out. Oh, for real? Yeah. It's a real world out there. I don't live in, in on Jesus' internet. I sell. I, I put my stuff out there. If they want it, great. If not, then okay, but it's out there. I had a sister call me yesterday. It was like, oh, you know, I got scammed. Somebody's using your, your page. Well, I put it all over my page that this was a fraud. Report them. Why would you send money? Oh, wow. I, I put it there. I let people see. So if you follow me, you'll see it. It's all over the place. Scammer, this page is scam. Please report it. So a few of them out there. But I'm not in nobody's inbox requesting a reading. So no. Well, well, I haven't done that at all, ever, never. So don't do it. Don't send y'all hard on money. I've been posting it and saying it for eons. But people, because they're, oh, you only offering a reading for $10? Because when I saw it, I was dreading. I was like, now I know this ain't me not reading for no fucking $10. I know you lying. So, so, but people thought, oh, well, she's $10. I'll get it. No, so 